What's going on, everybody? This is Drew here. I want to welcome you all to a brand new episode of Phoenix Down. This is a Phoenix Down 125.0, and we are starting a new series. Um, we've recorded this once, but we had to stop, so um, it'll sound a little different. We uh, we played an Obsidian game before. Obsidian Entertainment, who now is owned by Microsoft, uh, created a game called Alpha Protocol, which we played. Thoroughly enjoyed. I think it's an absolutely fantastic game. I've never seen a game divert in story as much as that game. And I feel like Obsidian is pretty good at that. Um, unfortunately, I don't think I've played many other Obsidian games with the exception of New Vegas. Um, but now we're playing another one. So we're playing Pillars of Eternity. That is the game that we're going to be covering. Today I have with me Matt. Hello, friends. And so, yeah. I... My history with Pillars of Eternity is... I've owned this game for probably about four years. And I have put maybe two hours into it. Max is about how much I've done. Um, it is a style of game. Um, very old school. Um, feels like the early Bioware RPGs. Like the, the original Baldur's Gate games. Or uh, Knights of the Old Republic. Now I've played those games. Um, it's been a very long time. And... I kind of had to get acclimated to this because I, I I was I'm playing Baldur's Gate three, which is made by Larian, and it's a different kind of game. Um, Baldur's Gate three is is a turn based game, while this is active. How do you describe this game, Matt? Like, uh, uh, active it's, it's combat. It's a good question. I I would have just called it completely active if it didn't auto pause bef like before everything before yeah. every you know every actual encounter which is helpful for me because it's a nice reminder every time that hey you can pause set everything and unpause yeah um, and I feel like I'm much much more likely to do that because the game does it automatically for me to start just that little nudge yeah yeah, and I, I definitely feel that way too because I've ran into some fights where if I weren't giving out orders by pausing the game, I'm going to get the crap beat out of me. I don't know. Have you had issues? Well, we'll, we'll, we'll save this. We'll, we'll save this for, for a little bit more of the discussion. But let's back to the history. I've, I've owned this game for a long time on Steam. And... I never really played it. Played probably the first hour and a half. Made it to the first town, usually, is what I did. And just never... I said I'll always come back to this, but I never did. Um, So I was actually pretty excited to get into it. Because, I'm, like I said, I'm playing Baldur's Gate 3 right now. And I was like, you know what? Let's, 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 I'm still in this fantasy vibe RPG with a with a story kind of thing. So I figured we'll do that, you know. We're still sticking to our theme a little bit. Um, and, yeah. 
that's pretty much all I, I've heard. I've always heard this a good game. I know it was, um, it was a Kickstarter game and, um, that's kind of where they got the funding for the game back in the day. It came out in 2015. So I'm thinking they funded that game in 2013 or 14 and was working on it while getting funded. So yeah, that's my history with it. But about you, Matt? I don't have a lot of history. To be honest, I thought I owned multiple copies of this game. Uh, it turns out I didn't own any, which really What made you think me, you actually. had multiple versions of this game? I, I don't know. There's a lot of fantasy games that I've purchased and never played. Um, you know, in, in this style, I certainly haven't played much. Uh, the one that had always been recommended that I did finally pick up and, and started was Planescape Torment. Right. I keep hearing that's such a great game. Um, but I think I probably was getting this confused with Dungeon Siege, or which yeah, it looks like they made Dungeon Siege 3, which I've also heard is a very good game. Obsidian made Dungeon Siege 3? Well, I'm, I'm looking at the Obsidian website, and I'm seeing you know games like they've got Knights of the Old Republic 2. I didn't actually play that. I played the first one, but not the second one. Never Winter Nights 2 I've never played. Oh, I did not know Dungeon Siege 3 was made by Obsidian. I have played that game. I actually really like that game. That game's really cool. That is a that is a decent Diablo knockoff. Truth, I, ho- I own and haven't played, but I've heard good things. Tyranny, I've heard good things. Yeah. Um, I've played a little bit of The Outer Worlds, a little bit of Pathfinder Adventures. Um, so, you know, I, I appreciate their catalog quite a lot, actually. You know, I could, I could spend a lot of time with this catalog. I just haven't due to, I guess, more pressing games, flashier games or, or whatever. Um, so I'm really excited to play this, you know, not only for what I've heard about it, but also just as another piece of Obsidian's kind of portfolio. Yeah. Um, but I haven't I haven't ever played it. I, I really didn't know what to expect. As soon as I booted it up, I'm like, all right, I, I get that it's, you know, lore-heavy, read-heavy, and it's kind of the, the three-quarter overhead. So I'm like, all right, I, I expect this to be a kind of slow game, and uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Slightly um, not not nervous, but slightly wondering if I'll be able to get into it as much as I want to, just based on the the style of the game, I guess the old school, right? I haven't, I haven't played really any of the games that it references either, right? They always say it's like Baldur's Gate or Icewind Dale or Planescape Torment. And those are three games that I haven't really played. So I, I was just maybe mildly nervous that the nostalgia wouldn't be there for me. And then the game, instead of feeling old school, just feels old. I guess that's my my biggest concern, kind of starting the game. Okay, all right. So you, you uh, mm. so I'll, I'll just ask now: Are you are you enjoying the time that you've put into it? I'm enjoying it. Um, I'm. I don't feel like I've experienced enough to really one hundred percent get it. 
because you know you mentioned the combat. I think I've only had one real fight, one hard fight so far. Okay. So I don't know that I've experienced enough of the variety. I am digging the lore. You know, I actually, I was thrown off a little bit at first by the amount you have to read, but I kind of enjoy it. Yeah. Um, But I, I feel like I'm still in a wait and see mode before I can give it like a, before I really feel one way or the other. Okay. All right. Yeah, apparently I didn't have this. I just confused it with a bunch of other stuff. And um, I ended up re-signing up for Game Pass so that I could play this. Yeah, I, I um, even though I own the, um, the Steam version, I am playing the Xbox Game Pass on PC version. So this game is also on the Xbox. Um... I don't know how well this would play with a controller. In fact, it sounds like it, it may be a little bit of a nightmare. I, I did want to get the Switch version, but the combination of playing it with a controller or the Switch and some of the technical limitations that apparently it's, apparently it's pretty buggy. So at first I was like, oh, if it's going to be a nice, slow, text-heavy game, this is exactly what I want to play in bed like before I fall asleep. But I, I just heard some real bad things about the Switch port, so I, I stuck with the PC version. Yeah, might be a good idea. So yeah, um, I guess... I mean, we've kind of hinted at it. Um, this is a... It's a role-playing game, very heavy on the story. I would say heavy on the dialogue options, but I think all roads lead to maybe one or two. I could be wrong. Yeah, so so when I say I'm a little bit nervous about it, it's a little bit of that uh, where I'm like, I, I don't know if it matters what I pick. I don't even think it matters if I, like, exhaust all of the options or if I just do one or two to get some information and then skip to the end. Yeah. And Um, also, what I just found out today was that you don't get any experience for fighting enemies. uh, um, This is the first I've heard of that. uh, Yeah, I saw something randomly that said you only get experience from finishing like checkpoints and quests and major quests, minor quests, but nothing for actually just like roaming around killing spiders. Interesting. I did not know that. Yeah. I'm like, that's a little weird because I feel like if I get stuck, I'm not going to be able to grind my way out of it. That I necessarily want to grind, but you know, I do appreciate when some kind of option for you know just beat your head against it a little bit and you'll you'll make it out the other side well I feel like especially with this game like I have returned to areas and it feels like once you've cleared them out there's nothing there like stuff doesn't respawn I don't think yeah I 
that, so, that, that seems true from what I've yeah. seen. I have read that the level cap in this game is 14. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And I'm level four right now. Yeah, me too. So, geez, I did some exploring thinking I was going to get some experience, and apparently that was a lie. <laughs> and then the, the last thing, like right off the bat, that caused me just a little bit of worry is, I think I mentioned before about, you know, I... I I do like fantasy, but I always have a, a twinge. Like the fact that it, it, I guess this starts out somewhat generic. Maybe not. Maybe not starts. I think it's interesting the way it starts. Um, but I find my, you know, I felt like a good chunk of what I did was going back and forth to a pub, and somebody's lost on a trail. Go find them. I felt like a chunk of what I did was fairly generic in this first section. Right. And, some, and, good, and, some good story starting bits, and definitely you're you're on an interesting quest. But the some of the minute to minute was a little repetitive, and like some in something like Diablo, I, I'll give that more of a pass because for me, Diablo is a bit less about the story, a bit more about the the, the gear, the action. And here, yeah. yeah, here it feels like the focus is a lot more on the the characters and the dialogue and the lore more than anything. I feel. Yeah. Um and so to have some of the quests be generic and like all oh, this takes a little bit of the a little bit off of it but again it you know you almost always start off fighting spiders and rats and you know I, I kind of expect that in many fantasy games so I'm not it's just uh just a kind of a question mark on my list for now not necessarily something I'd call a negative. Right. I wait and see. So, the first thing we do is create a character. What did you go with, Matt? Um, I went with the big blue race. I think they're called the Amawa. Um, the, but to be honest, the... I did it because it looked like a Navi. Yeah. <laughs> Avatar. And, uh, yeah. I was like, and, and they even like, they live on the water or, or some, some subsets of them live on the water and spend a lot of time in the water. So I'm like, well, that, that that's interesting. And, you know, I don't know. I just, it was something that to me felt maybe unique to this world. Again, not really knowing totally what I was getting into. I'm like, well, I don't know what this is. And I kind of feel like I know what a elf and a dwarf and a human are. So I'm going to go with something that maybe has a different kind of backstory. I was basically picking between this and the uh, godlike. Because I'm like, oh, both of those could be interesting in in this world that we're about to spend some time in. Right. So that, that, was, that was my decision. Uh, I was going to go godlike, but I said... Um, actually, I don't know why I picked the Amawa over the godlike. They both seemed interesting. I don't know. Maybe I just rolled the dice. What was uh, your class that you chose? A uh, fighter. A fighter. And okay. I actually appreciated that both of the things that I normally would pick, kind of like a druid or a ranger, were both options here. That's my go-to, but I wanted something a little bit different. And this guy looked big and stocky, so I'm like, well, he would be either a barbarian or a fighter in my mind. There you go. Okay. Uh, 
yeah, so that was that was how I got to my my Kelnorim character. I went with um a priest human priest. Um I, I I don't know why if I'm being honest. I I just thought um I had always heard you know through ramblings and stuff like that just people talking about the game that uh buffs and debuffs uh are really important in this game and apparently the priest is really good at that in fact I would I will go and say that the priest I feel like the priest has like at the very beginning tons of spells yeah but they're like you can only use them you could like you get like a level 1 and a level 2 spell and you can only use them like twice before you have to rest. Uh, I'm like, that okay, was interesting because that that feels kind of D and D esque to me, right? It's very D and D. Um, but I, 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 I might have mis- I must have misread it then because I thought it said you could only use these like once or twice per encounter, rather than per like rest, you know, waking period until you've rested yeah. again. It depends on the ability. Uh, so, okay. the fighter. So, I have a fighter in my party. Um, he has the knockdown ability. And well, one of the ones I've used the most. <laughs> yes. And the knockdown is like per encounter. So, I think the fighter starts off with you can do it twice per encounter. Um, but then the priest. That definitely has like, oh, you have to rest after this. You have no more charges of this. The same way with the wizard. Um, the wizard is kind of the same way, but they play a little bit different. Um, which I guess we can save that for when we get our party members. I'm a, how many how many party members do you have right now, Matt? I'm at the full six. Oh, you got a full six. I've only yeah, got although five. one of them I well one of them I bought so. Oh, okay. All right. So, yeah, five story characters and then one barbarian Barbara. Gotcha. Yeah, I haven't I didn't purchase anything. Um I saw it and I was like, mm, I don't want generic dude that I don't care about." Yeah. <laughs> uh, didn't, but I and I didn't know how it would work either. I'm like, "Well, oh, I'll just keep this person around until you know, until I'm in a major fight, then they die, and then, you know, that will have been my best shot at the, the boss if I had an extra character. I didn't realize we were going to get so many so quickly. Because at the time, I only had one, maybe maybe two partners. And uh, I just, you know, I'm like, oh, this is a, basically a, a whole extra character. That's like 25% extra damage I can do. Yeah. So that was my that was my thought, and so you know, I'll, obviously that'll be the first one I swap out if when I get the next next story based character. But for now, she's got a spot. Okay. But yeah, um, story starts off. Um, you you can choose a background, um, both at the beginning when you're creating your character, and and you can also give them kind of backstory while you're talking to people. Um, this first part is pretty much just a basic tutorial. Um, 
you're part of a caravan that um, has to stop for the night. They have to go and um, um, I think a storm's getting ready to brew or something like that. They hit, or they lost their way on the road, and they're on their way to the to the first town that you run into, and uh, they have to stop for the night. Um, you, your character has fallen ill with some kind of stomach issue, so the caravan leader says that. You might want to go try and find some of these berries that could possibly help out. And you meet your first temporary party member. <laughs> uh, I can't even remember her name. Start with a C. Kaliska. Kaliska. Um, and uh, you get her and you go and look for these berries. Um, like I said, this is all kind of like a tutorial. They show you like how do you talk to people? How do you move? How do you fight? Run into some wolves and you run into some bandits. And this is where we get a first taste of, of combat. So combat is, it, it reminds me a little bit of Dragon Age Origins is the best way I could describe it, where you can choose an action and you watch that play out, basically. Um, it is better to strategize by pausing the game, choosing a character, and saying, all right, I want you to use this ability on this enemy. You use this ability on this enemy, or you know, stuff like that. And you queue all this stuff up, unpause, and watch it happen. You don't actually control your characters, uh, your characters do what they they are told to do, essentially. I, I, I like the approach. My first impression was I like the approach because if there was no pause and there wasn't this queuing up, I would basically just take the whole party and attack one character till they were dead and then, you know, go to the next character, attack them till they're dead. What I like about this is that you can use different characters with various you know buffs and lockdowns and all this stuff can be you know set up all right my first wave i'm going to do this this and this and so it, it's like a multifaceted initial attack right i'm going to do one person might be defensive one person might be trying to you know get, give a buff or a boost one person might be knocking down the secondary enemy so everyone else can focus on the first one i like that kind of i like that strategy piece of it sure and presumably that'll just get more and more intricate as we get more options. Right. And so, yeah, that's... Each class character plays a little bit different. Um, they, they And they all have a different role. So you got your tank characters, you got your healers, your buffers, debuffers, um, your damage dealers, that kind of stuff. Um so, I'm just going to keep going with the story. We'll hit, we'll hit on a few other things when we get there to it. Um, we're running these bandits, and that's when we realize, uh-oh. we got to go back to the caravan and see what happened to all the people. Well, when we get back there, 
unfortunately, the caravan, most of the people were dead. The bandits had uh, ambushed the caravan. And um, they're holding the, the caravan merchant uh, hostage. I was able to talk this guy down. Me too. Killing, killing the merchant. But um, uh, he is badly wounded. Um, I did kill all these guys, obviously. Um, before they died, though, they had this thing that's... Um, I can't remember what it was called, but it's just, they, it's a, they believe it's the gods coming to rapture the souls that have died. It's just a big lightning storm. Um, and it's a, it's kind of like a magical storm that will, the longer you stay in it, the more it like cuts at you. Mm -hmm. So we have to leave. We have to get out of there. So I was able to escape into the cat, the caves, because we had stopped at the mouth of the cave, which are forbidden for anybody to go into. Um, and I had, I think, I think the the merchant guy was a a rogue, right? Yeah, I think so. I can't remember, but um, I was able to get him, and I was able to get um our fighter with us as well. Um, and sometimes you have these kind of like storybook moments where you have to choose something. Um, I think one of them was you had to save the, the merchant and you can choose to either throw your weapon to stop one of the enemies from grabbing him and holding him. So I chose to throw the weapon and Stopped him, saved the guy, brought him into the cave with me. Is that what you did? I did the same thing. Okay. I haven't, you know, I I, I don't have any kind of weird anti-hero vibe yet in this game, so I'm just like, all right, I'm just going to do the right thing. And if, if I need to make a moral decision, you know, I, I basically I did some of the background that my character was kind of a, a loner that was kind of roaming the countryside, kind of a mercenary sort for hire. So I kind of have somewhere in the background that he might choose a less moral option. Mm, gotcha. Um, but nothing yet in the game has manifested that for me. And I figured I'm going to save whoever I can build up a party, you know, before I, <laughs> My guy's a loner, but at the moment he wants some help. So I was like, I'll do whatever it takes to, to, to save the people around me for now. There you go. Uh, I am Mr. Goody Two-Shoes. I'm a priest. In fact, uh, the priest gets to choose like the god that they worship as well as the... Oh, interesting. As well as like um their morals, you know. Uh, like what what do you like benevolency that kind of stuff um and those actually play into like the choices that you can choose to say I uh, ran into a good amount of that that's cool but um yeah so with the the poor uh, merchant wounded he asked if we could stop did you choose to stop here? 
it, although it was another big decision, right? Because Kaliska says we absolutely cannot stop. Yes. So I was like, oh shit, I, I'm clearly siding with one or the other. Right. So I and like curious. I said, he, he he was still my guy is still you know he may be a bit of a loner, but he's not gonna leave this guy to die in a cave. So I'm like, look, we have to stop. We'll fight our way out if we have to. We're gonna be doing that for the next thirty hours anyway. So. What's a couple extra fights? Yeah. I did the same. So I, I, th I think what happens here is one of these people are going to die. Yeah. So we stop and um, get rested. He's healed. But when we wake up, our fighter's gone. Uh-oh. Ran off without us. Screw you guys. I'm out of here. I said you would, so. Yeah. And so um, we move forward a little bit. We find her dead body <laughs> laying on this mechanism, which is obviously a trap. And this is kind of where they introduce you to like sneak mode, doing scouting to detect traps and disarm traps, possibly. Um, that area where she died you think there is a way to get around, but there's not, you're going to get trapped there period. So you have to go around. Um, and the whole time we're fighting stuff, certain, certain enemies goo and little light. What, what I, I would say is a kobold basically. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what I thought it was. Um, oh, and, yeah. Lip or, uh, Is that what it is? Something like that. Some yeah. kind of small lizard person. Yeah. But um, and, and they they show you kind of some puzzle solving stuff. Um, there's these things like where you can use like single use items, like a a hammer and chisel kind of thing to break down a wall. Which once you use it, it breaks kind of thing. Um, so there's options to get around certain things because I found there was a way to get to where I was without breaking through the wall, but I went ahead and broke through the wall. So there a way to set things on fire, like set roots on fire that might be blocking a door. I have no idea. I, I tried a couple of different, like I wasn't sure. I'm like, is this that kind of game where they want me to experiment? So I, I tried a couple of fire things at a root covered door and it didn't help. So I, I think clearly I was not meant to do that. No, but I can tell you a game that does allow you to do that is Baldur's Gate three. <laughs> <laughs> Baldur's Gate three lets you do whatever you want. So that's, that's definitely something you might want to check out when you can get a chance. Definitely. But yeah, um, go through this area. Um, so once again it's basically a tutorial dungeon showing you how to do stuff problem solving puzzle solving that kind of stuff um, when we make it out of this area we're in this almost like a courtyard 
broken down temple area. And we see there's some kind of weird ritual going on. Uh, there's this, there's these guys in masks and they're like this, this really big, like what looks like a, a world engine is the best way I can describe it. And, um, there's a guy that, or what we think is a statue, but it's actually a person turned to stone or ash. And the, the, um, ringleader the guy with wearing a mask with a beard um tells all the other guys there that you have to make the sacrifice as well so they do and they all get turned to ash and then there's this giant light energy explosion that knocks us unconscious When we wake up, we look and see our merchant buddy dead. <laughs> I guess the the explosion killed him. I don't know, but the the ringleader's That's gone. Where you you've kind of recentered, so it didn't really matter what you picked or who you saved, because at this point they're probably both dead. Exactly. I think this is basically just there's your tutorial, and now you go from here, kind of thing. But um, we noticed that when we start moving down around this area, we're seeing things. We're seeing what look like apparitions, um, maybe ghosts or, or memories or something. You can't really make out, make out what's going on, but we're seeing a lot of it. Make it out of this area, we go to the world map. So the world map, you basically choose a area to go to and then when you go to that area then you have to traverse the map to the to the the next part that leads to the world map again and so you have to keep like if you want to keep going south to the town you got to keep traveling south on the map kind of thing um, it's an interesting map because you don't really see everything at first Mm-mm. Right as as we're playing, more things are popping up on the map, and at first I was like, "Well, shouldn't he know where all these places are?" But I guess he is kind of an out of towner, so maybe he wouldn't know of anything until someone mentions it, or or, or he happens to find it. himself on the way there, or he sees a sign or something, and then might know where where things are. So at first I was a little confused, but I think it it kind of makes sense that you know we're, we're discovering the world with him yeah the next map we're still seeing some more of the the apparitions and um, I run into the the bandits who were forcing the dude to cook for them I say I did him. but not until after I found not after not until I went to the the inn and they said go please go find him and then I went back and found him oh okay I just ran into him I, I I get a little funny when it comes to these kind of games where there's a map that you can like fill in <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just I just go zigzagging 
filling you can in see the map. All of it. Yeah. Pretty well, with the exception of finding a party member, apparently. So we'll, we'll get into that. But yeah, I was, I, I, I saved the guy. He said, Hey, I run the inn in town. Come to the inn. You stay free if you want to. Thank you for saving me. Cool, cool, cool. So we make it to town. Um, <laughs> what was the name of this town? I can't remember. Gilded Vale. Gilded right. Vale. That's it. Gilded Vale. Sorry, I, that's just, I lost my mind for a second there. When we make it into town, this is where we were originally supposed to go. Um, but uh, unfortunately, uh, we don't get that warm welcome when we get there. Um, the first thing we see is this giant tree where there's tons of bodies just hanging from it. And uh, people talking about how those the, the people hanging there are people who are heretics. Uh, followed the wrong god. Um, there's a magistrate there who is very cold to us and tells us, yeah, you might want to move on. Otherwise, you may end up on that tree over there. Uh, the the king, or I don't even think it's a king. I think it's just like the mayor of the town, the, the leader of the town. He's uh, expecting a, a child any day now and uh they uh they fear that it may be a hollow child is that what he said yeah i think that's what they call him yeah and uh he said a hollow child is and uh, of course i didn't know what a hollow child was so i asked he's like it's a, a person born without a soul and they're an abomination we we, we don't want them here and come to find out uh, while we're there they, they ring they ring the bell and unfortunately his child was a hollow child so he is not happy right now and probably doesn't want to see you so you probably just need to leave great so I explore the town a little bit. I go to the inn because, hey, free room and board, I'll take it. And so I go to the inn, and outside the inn, we run into our first party member. Possible first party member. I think we could actually not get this guy. I could be wrong, though. Um, but there is an elf uh, getting kind of accosted by a couple of drunkards. And when we listen to him, he says some very mean things to the people, which make them want to fight. I try to break up the fight. They don't want anything to do with it. So we get into a fight with them, and unfortunately, I have to kill them. What you get for bad-mouthing. And I thought it was interesting, yeah, because he's, you know, he's not being... He's not shying away from the fight, even though... He doesn't necessarily want to fight. He is definitely egging them on. So I'm like, right. all right, is he just a prick or what do I do here? So uh, this character, the 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 wizard uh, Aloth, is that how you pronounce it? Aloth. Well, that's how 
Aloth, Aloth, yeah. yeah. Aloth. Um, when we talked to him, he's like, oh, I appreciate it. And he's like, why did you instigate it like that? And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't say anything. I'm like, yeah, I heard it too. And he's like, oh, you're just, you, you didn't understand what I was saying. And that's why I was like, mm, this guy sounds like he, and, and, and when he speaks, they do a pretty good job of like, flavor text in between the dialogue in this game yeah. and it, it's almost like he's turning into a different person almost like he's got a split personality and that's what said the mean stuff <laughs> I'm like okay there's something up with this dude so we're gonna we'll probably find out throughout the course of the game like hey what's up with you <laughs> but since we that's the thing him. I like so far. They definitely do encourage you to talk to your party members. Yes. They they really pop that up. Like, hey, this guy wants to talk to you. So they he give you the basically party. quests that are that are basically like talk to like work with this person or walk with this person. Yeah. That, that that's like it becomes like part of the main story. It's almost like, well, you're doing this that's kind of the same end goal I am so why don't we party up you know but it's also it's also a separate thing in the quest columns when you look at your journal so possibly we could solve their issue before we solve ours but uh, yeah uh, he obviously was like, I, I, I got no nothing here I'm just passing through maybe it would be better if we hung out so he joins the party. Now I've got a wizard with me. Great. Wizards play a little different. Must be very weak, but he's always so far away from battle that he hasn't. I haven't had any issues with him being at risk. I've had the... some issues with my with my closer people. Yeah, uh, some of the other party members that get in, you know, right up close next to me. I've had I've struggled keeping them alive at times, but not not Aeloth. I I have yet to find. Is there a way to set up a positioning in this game? Yeah, it's it's right on that menu in the bottom middle of the screen. Okay. It looks like almost like a die. It's got eight eight points on it. If you click that, it brings up your formations, which are like side by side, horizontal, vertical, or like a star formation. And then if you click on that one, you left click to make it your active formation. But if you click right click on it, you can edit it. And so you can pick whether you want three people in the front row, two people behind, or you want one person in the middle so that they're the most protected. You can you can modify all that, which I thought was really cool. Okay. that I, I need to start exploring that. Because I have had Sorry. issues with Aloth just being like, I'm getting right up here in the front. So it was a weird thing because it's not a thing they tell you. I was just kind of clicking around and I found it. I'm like, because yeah, I was in the same mindset. I'm like, this is a thing I think I need to do, which is protect this guy. So I need to set up some kind of a formation. Or I wasn't sure. I was kind of going back to StarCraft days. I'm like, how do I, if I highlight them all and do Control One, is that going to be my group? Can I have a subset? Like, could I have my ranged people be control two, and then I move them farther away and move control one group in closer? 
Uh, with formation, I guess I don't really need to do that as much, but I th- yeah. I think you probably could do it. Yeah, probably. So yeah, um, I go and stay the night at the inn, and I have a dream slash premonition. There was a a dwarf woman hanging on the tree and we see her in the dream and we're like okay I have I I feel compelled to figure out what's going on with me I need to go this dream means something so we go and find the body on the tree and all this weird stuff that's been happening seeing these premonitions seeing these these memories or ghosts or whatever they are we are able to converse with this dead body (laughs) and the woman tells us that she was and now you are a watcher you have the ability to see other souls souls that have passed on There's definitely more to it than that, which we will get into. But she's like, if you're looking for more information about this, you need to go talk to this other watcher that's kind of been, it's kind of locked himself away. Um, th- what I don't know how to pronounce this this place that he's at. Do you do you know how to pronounce it? <laughs> Shadows like his name is Merwald. Merwald, but I mean the place that he's at it starts with a C. Cade Nua. Cade Nua. Yeah, Cade I think Nua. that's that's how I was pronouncing it in my head. Gotcha. So we need to go and speak to this guy, Merwald. So we have to go find him. Now, I'm trying to remember, did I? Yeah, I did get him. So there's a second party member that we can get as we're leaving the the hanging tree. Did you do any Um, of the other little quests around the Gilded Vale? So I did, after I talked to you, so I went and did the Mayorwald stuff, not realizing that there was a temple I could visit. So after finishing that, I went back to town and did the temple, the underground temple. Did you do anything else here? There's a couple of other, I mean, they were all pretty small, but um, there was one that was called Vengeance from the Grave. Okay. So there was a house, I think, just maybe north of the hanging tree. Mm -hmm. And you walk in there and there's two people acting a little bit weird. Um, one of them, his name was Nanton, and he talked about how his friend was killed by a bear. So basically you go back to one of the other kind of intermediate points on the overworld map, I think called Veilwood, and yeah. you find a little bear cave, and you, you, you get to talk to the spirit, and the spirit's like, um, he, it wasn't the bear that killed me, I think, it was Nanton. 
Oh, nice. He let me die, and so you, you get this. Basically, you get the information that he didn't think you would be able to get. Um, and then you go back and, and kind of talk to him, and basically I had to talk to Nantan and say, you know, what the heck, I, I know what you did. Um, and if I remember, it he wasn't totally bad. I forget what his excuse was for allowing the guy to kill, to die, I think. I think maybe he had... I don't know. I think maybe the guy that died was like the ex of Nantan's lady friend. Oh. But apparently he was maybe like abusive or something. And because of that, he wanted him dead. And I don't know. There was a... There was a bit of back and forth. I ended up... I ended up attacking them... <laughs> because you, you kind of have the option to report them or report him to the magistrate or fight him. I think I tried not to. And then in the end, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to dispense some mercenary justice here and, and, and kill him. Well, there we go. Well, there's the chaotic evil there was, here. There was another kind of uh, bigger, I guess, bigger for me because... When we arrived at the Gilded Vale and were done with kind of all the intro talks, I kind of went northeast from, from there rather than kind of going southwest to get to the inn. So for me, I thought the first thing I stumbled on I thought was the, the most important thing in the area, which was because I was headed north, I, there was a big windmill up there. Right. And then you get a little bit of story beats basically where there's a fight about to break out and there's some people that are trying to attack the guy who runs the windmill who is using it to like grind up grains dude I've completely missed all of this basically it's, a big, it's like a cutscene I mean sort of and they get into a fight and so basically the bandits think that the guy in the windmill is basically cheating them and stealing from them and he thinks that they just don't understand you know the economy's not what it once was and you know they keep bringing him kind of moldy grain so he's like I'm not paying them very much and they're getting upset and so you basically need to defuse that situation so I walked in and kind of looked around the windmill and I saw that the grain was moldy so I basically said look I'll go talk to I'll go talk to the guy that was fired up who basically said he was going to come back and burn the place down or something like that. Uh, so that so the first time I went to the inn was actually looking for this guy. Uh, and I went in. I ended up trying to talk to him. He wouldn't talk to me, so I bought him a beer. And then I and then I basically just told him to, to cool it, and it's not... <laughs> it basically said, no one's trying to screw you, and... He, he, I guess, only because I bought him the beer, said okay, and, you know, no harm, no foul. And then I went back up and told the guy in the windmill, and then everything's fine. And I think he just came, just paid me. So, yeah. because the end result of it was, here's some money, thanks for helping me resolve this. I was kind of like, oh, this doesn't really feel like it was a main story quest. <laughs> right, They would have, it would have been something bigger as the outcome of it had had it been more important. So... 
it's weird because I thought that was the most important thing. It brought me to the inn, which actually was the most important thing, but only as like a, a byproduct to my trying to resolve this fight between the two. So a little bit weird just because I was like, I, I guess I didn't really understand what I was trying to do. I didn't really know what my goal was. Right. You know, I kind of but... did those and I, I actually went into the, uh, the underground temple bit and then, he said something about like, oh, there's a lot down there. Or he made some comment that it would be difficult. So I was like, you know what? I saw an option to buy a character. So that's when I went and I did a little bit more exploring. I sold off a bunch of stuff. Although to be fair, everything I sold, I did not get very much money for. <laughs> but by selling off everything I could, I just barely had enough to buy a level two character rather than a level one character. So I'm like, all right, now I'll be as ready as possible to go into that uh the, the lower temple and since I only had I, I think the one other character I'm like look having a third one actually is huge at this point um yeah, so I, yeah, I, I, I spent a little bit more there, time I had Gilded Vale I guess oh yeah <laughs> probably went through it pretty easily then yeah it wasn't too bad um I didn't mind the the, the story we got from that um, yeah. basically going into this, the, a guy is at the entrance of this temple. He's, he's kind of wounded and he's like, there's a lot of crap down there and I'm, I'm just trying to clear it out. And he's kind of vague about it. And I'm like, okay, well I'll go out there and see if I can clear it out. And through doing all of that, we discover or we're seeing because we're a watcher, we're seeing the souls of people. And we're learning that uh, this place used to be a temple for a, a god that the town now sees as a villain. Um, so that's one of the big things is that a few years ago, there was a big war that took place between two different followers of gods. And... One side won, the other side did not, and was basically exiled and killed. Well, we learned that the guy who asked us to go in here was working for the magistrate, and the magistrate told them to kill everybody down there. And he tried to warn them to get out yeah. yeah he said he had tried a bunch of times but um, he said he kept coming back to do it yeah eventually he locked them up and made them hide basically forced them to hide but they were found anyway and were all killed and he helped with that because it was either help these poor people or get killed by the magistrate for not doing the job. So he killed them and he was trying to go down there to, to clean up everything so that the magistrate wouldn't find out that he didn't actually do his job when he was first told to do it. So I went back to him and I was like, dude, you killed a whole bunch of people. And he's like, I had to. And uh, because I'm a priest and I'm a follower of the God that they followed, 
I kind of give him a whole big spiel of, you may not believe in our God, but our God forgives you kind of thing. So I was able to talk him, you know, basically like you did horrible things. You need to atone for it, but it's not up to me to make you do that. So I let him go. I did the same thing. I said, live a better life. Yep. You know, atone for, atone for that. Those mistakes I you made. I didn't mind that one. That was a decent little side quest. But yeah. Um, on our way out of town, we get our second party member. I'm assuming you got him. Pretty <laughs> sure that's <laughs> Matthew Mercer <laughs> voicing him. <laughs> Yeah. That's, uh, is it Eld? Elder? No, Edder. It's like Ed- Edder, yeah. A, a deer. Yeah. I wasn't sure how exactly how you say this one. Could be a deer, Edder. I'm not sure. Um, he's a fighter. Uh, he, uh, he lost his brother in that war that happened. Um, and he basically is like, there's nothing here for me here. I might as well get out of here. He's like, I was working on a farm and the guy who owned the farm is hanging in that tree right now. So they're probably going to come for me next. They just haven't done it yet. So you mind if I tag along? Sure. Come on. So now got a little bit distracted. I thought his picture made him look a little bit like royalty, but his story didn't. Think his picture made him look like royalty? Uh, I, I just because he's got like a, a sword over his shoulder and he's got what looks like mail. He looks like a knight, basically. Or hmm. at least that—that that was my first thought. Was I'm like, oh, this guy's like a knight. I saw him as like a ruffian. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a lot more what they were intending. Yeah. So, had him join. Cool. Now I got three party members. I got a priest, got a wizard, and got a fighter. All right, cool, cool, cool. Looks got like a, healer, a nice rounded but... out party. <laughs> yeah, I got a, I got a, I got a, a DPS glass cannon. I got the healer, and I got my, uh, I got my tank. All right, cool. And so I travel through the, I can't remember what it was called, um, the wood area. And so this is when I started learning about the map and saw that, oh, I have to keep going, you know, if I want to go east, I have to keep going east on the map. So I continued east on the map and completely skipped the party member. Did not know I could get this guy until after I was on my way back and ran into him. I'm assuming you got him, right? Was this Durance? Yeah, Durance. Yeah. On your way to the the place? You think I got him just kind of exploring around? But, um, yeah, I got him later on. He's the priest. Very strange character. Um... He, he he was. We met him, and he was standing next to a statue that lit on fire. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, "I know you're a watcher, 
and I want to come with you. And we're like, uh, okay. <laughs> and he, he, he looks like a crazed homeless man. Yeah, he does. He's also the one I had the most trouble keeping alive. Yeah, he does like to go up there and do melee stuff with his stick. Priest, <laughs> he should stay a couple steps outside. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I, I Honestly, I'm playing my character more like a paladin. He's a priest, but he's like, he gets in the face, you know, sword <laughs> and board. And just like, you know, I'm going to kill you with holy power. So, I feel like I could use Durance as more of a healer, dedicated healer kind of character. That's what it's not clear. You can't set up, like, rules or profiles in this game, right? Like, you have to... I didn't even know you could change your formation. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, formation is helpful. But if I could set up rules of, like, when to heal, like... As soon as someone gets to 20% or 30% or if I want him just auto-healing all the time, that would be cool. I don't – I didn't see anything like that in this because it seems like it's trying to get you to be a little bit more kind of tactical in the moment. Yeah, I think so. I'll have to, I'll have to explore that a little bit more because I know there's other games like Dragon Age did it. So I don't know. That's a good question. Um, but yeah, I did not have him for the, for the, uh, Kadenua area. I did, however, when I got the Kadenua, got our f- other party member. Um, and this is one of those, one of, one of your guys, the, what, what are they called again? An Amawa? Yeah. Um, and when you see his picture... He looks like a big ogre with very sharp teeth. So he, he actually is... is one of the island ones. So yes, maybe he's spent some time with sharks or something. Yeah, but uh, his picture does not match a his voice or b his attitude. He is very proper. He's very polite. It seems like, and very friendly. And he's he's at the entrance to the 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 castle essentially, and he's just like, I need to go in there, but I don't know if I need to go in there. And I was like, Well, I'm going in there too. He's like, Can I come? Sure. <laughs> he's looking for a manuscript or a or a a text for from his people that he's been yeah, trying to track down, and he believes that. The the whoever's in there, he I don't even think he knows the person's name. I think he's just like attracted down to this location. So I want to speak to whoever's in there. Okay, cool. I'm going in there too. And he is a chanter. So a chanter is essentially your bard. He is singing songs that give boost to the party. It also can debuff the other party. So he's he's really special. Um and he also uses 
a gun. <laughs> some hefty is, damage too. It does some great damage. Now he's it's like a flintlock, like you know, muzzle loader. So one shot, and then he has to literally manually pour the powder in, pack it down, that all that stuff. So he he gets one shot every maybe twenty seconds. But it is very powerful. <laughs> I mean, to the point where it was doing probably the easily four or five times what most of my characters were doing. Oh, absolutely. Like right now, getting it, 20, 30 damage when a lot of times I'm only getting two or three or five on a normal character's attack. Exactly. Also, it's very funny because the, since he's the chanter, he immediately starts singing as soon as the fight starts. So every time a fight starts, you just hear, and I was like, okay. (laughs) And I, for the life of me, I cannot figure out how to work the chanter. How to, because like when you select him, it basically gives you like a song book that you can choose. I have no idea how to choose any of that stuff. I don't know how it works at all. I haven't played around with him at all. I'm, I'm still barely, I feel like, learning what Aloth can do because I think I feel like he's got the most spells, most options in battle. Um, but just, yeah, managing, all right, which, which ones do I need to actively select? I was surprised that as I started leveling up a bit and adding skills, there weren't very many passive skills unless I was mm. missing it. So I've ran into, because I've leveled up my fighter at least twice, the fighter, I feel like, doesn't get as many abilities as the other characters do. So with leveling up with the priest, the priest gets to choose new spells, but he can only learn a certain amount. Um, the wizard works basically like using spell books. So, um, he, he has so many charges of a level one spell. They play a lot like a priest does. Um, his level two spells are obviously more powerful, but you know, he can only do certain amount before they have to rest. So I, I, the, every time I leveled up my fighter, I'm just like, Oh, he gets nothing. The only thing I, the only thing I know is, is I got the option to, do do you want to do an extra charge of knockdown? And I said absolutely because I use that all the time. <laughs> so I chose that. So now I can knock down three times instead of just twice. I I need to do some more research when it comes to leveling up because I feel like I'm maybe I fear you could possibly paint yourself into a corner if you're not careful. And uh, some of the I I had exactly the same fear a little bit because I'm like I don't know what most of these things do and even when I'm reading the description I'm like it's hard for me to tell which ones are actually going to be useful I feel like I need to try a bunch to know and then I'll likely wish I had specced it differently yeah that's kind of what I'm running into I'll tell you the thing I spent the most time confused about in this entire first session was how the hell do I heal myself So, because I was like, yeah. oh, this is easy. I'm just going to eat this food. I've got a lot of food that I bought at the inn. And it doesn't actually heal you. Okay. So 
there's two types of health in this game. You have your health and you have endurance. Endurance is what goes down when you are fighting. So when if you get hit, your endurance goes down. If your endurance goes worn out. Technically, yes, but it also kind of represents health. From what I understand, if endurance goes all the way to zero, you get knocked out, right? Yep. Um, and you can come back from being knocked out. Um, if you do come back from being knocked out, you may have a status effect that stays on until you rest, like, you know, bruised ribs or something like that. Um, there's also the health bar. So you have your character portrait, which will shade into the red when it gets hurt. That's whenever the endurance is going down. The bar that is green and turns to yellow and then turns to red is your health bar. If the health bar goes all the way down, the character dies? Yeah, I'm not totally sure what that means. That hasn't happened to me. Or did it? I know I had a couple of people knocked out, definitely. Yeah. think I had anyone actually die and health does not recover but your endurance will recover I just, after a battle I'm in all these battles I'm like I can't find a single way to actually gain health there's think... plenty of ways to gain endurance or at least three but not health I think they're the only way to regain health is by resting I've heard that there is oh, there are a few spells that can do it but they're not early spells right I'm going to have to do some more research and I will follow back up with you because I'm, I'm not sure how it works either all I know is, is like don't run out of endurance because they're knocked out and if all my characters are knocked out it's game over I can't and because of that What's the point of having health? Because it's not like there's permadeath in this game. At least I don't think there is. That was where I I struggled. Basically, I mean, I, I guess it's interesting because they certainly seem like they would expect you to rest more than I ever would rest in a different type of game. Right. Yeah. Not only is it essentially the only way to gain health, but also tied tying the rest in D and D style to refilling your ability to cast spells. I mean, those two things alone mean that you're going to rest pretty frequently. Yes, I would say yes. In fact, I keep a good amount of camping supplies with me just for that. And the good thing is, is you can, with the exception of a couple of places, you can camp anywhere. Like even in the middle of a dungeon. Can you? Oh, I couldn't do it in the, in this kind of keep. You can can once you go into the dungeon itself. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I camped, I camped 
out before the boss fight of this because I died at it. <laughs> um, but yeah, this was a long one. So you go through the the castle part, then you go into the keep itself, and there's just tons of monsters in here. Um, didn't ever really get close to dying here. I did get close to like, I need, I'm out of spells. I have to camp kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that you can do it mid dungeon. That That's actually really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, the thing is when you go into here, you run into a throne or it looks like a throne with like a statue of a person over the, the back of it and it's sentient. It talks to you and says, we're looking for Mayerwald and Mayerwald has locked himself down into the, the basement of this keep and maybe you can talk some sense into him, but he hasn't came out in a long time. But um, if you want answers to being a watcher, he's the guy you need to talk to. All right. I'll be back. <laughs> so go down deeper. I mean, this is long. I, I mean, this probably took me an hour, hour and a half. Yeah. I I like those early interactions because there's a little bit, even just like the, one of the first things you say and you're like, oh, are you trapped in there? And then, and she's like, no, I would say more like I reside here than I'm trapped here. Yeah. You know, I, even just a simple interaction like that, I'm like, oh, there's, there's a little bit of nuance and history here. That's interesting. Yeah. They, they, they take their lore seriously. This in this game, I, I, I'm actually impressed. But, um, yeah, this area is really big. Um, I was unable to pick the lock, uh, for the door that leads to him, but I did find the key. So I didn't even know I picked up the key and I was like, Oh, Oh, I've got a key. Never mind." And so I opened the door and, you know, had my long conversation with him and then died. <laughs> and I was like, crap. So <laughs> I had to load it up back up and I was like, all right, let me rest. Cause I'm, I'm out of spells and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, he, he we, we finally make it to him and he's went kind of crazy. He, he's talking, he, he's talking as if he is multiple people and through his ramblings, we gather that a watcher not only sees the souls of the dead, but can actually tap into the souls of previous lives. So I guess reincarnation is a thing in this world where when you, you die, your soul then is reborn into someone else. And watchers who gain this ability 
will slowly start to not be able to differentiate yourself with your past selves. And it seems like Merrillwald was some pretty unsavory people in his past lives. Huh. And um he's he he's constantly switching between them. And he's basically telling us that, you know, like this is going to be your fate if you don't figure this out. If you don't do something about it. And I was like, okay. When, when I when I saw this and when I heard this, that's when I stopped and thought, I think that's what Aloth is too. I think Aloth is a watcher and he's starting to tap into his past lives. Because oh, that's what, like, you know, because he, he's basically talking like a different person, right? And I'm like, hmm, I bet you he's a watcher too. And he's trying to cover it up that his past lives are taking over his body occasionally. So I don't know. I could see that. And, uh, he tells us that, all right, well, how do I reverse this? How do, how do I stop from being a watcher? And he's like, I don't think there is a way. And he said, well, I know when I became one was whenever I got hit by that explosion with those guys with the masks. And he's like, well, start from there. Maybe if they caused it, then maybe they can reverse it. Got it. So that's, that's where we need to head. Um, as we're getting ready to leave, unfortunately, Mailwald taps into one of his other past lives and they mistaken us for somebody and will not listen to us and we get into a fight with him. This guy decimated me the first time. And I was just like, whoa, I don't even know where to start with this. I was like, what? Like, I, I mean, within probably 15, 20 seconds of the fight, I was all dead. And I was like, what the heck? And so I had to reboot the reboot the save go through that entire conversation again made sure to save this time before and um I kind of strategized a little bit I I, I kind of just said alright so I, what I found out was he regenerates his stamina during the fight because mm -hmm. I noticed he, he would go from injured to barely injured to normal on his status bar. I was like, okay, so he's regenerating stamina. I need to stop that from happening. What's the best way to stop that from happening? Well, knock him down. Um, and just glass cannon him. So I threw every hard spell I could at him, just kind of nuked him, got him down to near death. And then he'd go back up to badly injured. And I was like, all right, I need to do something now. So I just, again, I, I threw everything at him again and beat him, killed him. I had basically the same. I, I actually didn't die to him 
but I was using everybody to knock him down as much as possible. Yeah. And I did end up with, I want to say, like, three people knocked out to the point where I was like, all right, my my damage per round, obviously it's not turn-based, but my, my damage per set of attacks is getting lower by the minute. If he's not dead in the next 10 seconds, I will lose. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, one more hit, and they took him out. I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> I, I feel like I don't understand the combat enough to feel confident in what I'm doing. I need to... I, I need to do some research. I, mean, I hate to say that I need to do research on a video game, but I do because... I went, I went back. So after I beat this, I was like, man, why was like, why was this? This is like literally the first boss fight I've had to fight. Why did I have so much trouble with this? I went back and watched somebody beat this guy in literally seven seconds. And I was like, what the hell am I doing wrong that he isn't? There has to be some strategy to this because I feel like, I don't have much control over what's happening. Yeah, I I think for me it's it's a combination of that and again not really understanding what a lot of the I will even call them attacks, but a lot of the spells do. Or mm-hmm. even if I see what it does, I'm like I don't know how useful this is. So I, I think it's a little bit of, of, of trying to understand the the whole system better and how to be good at it. it essentially like do some things pair well with other things. Like, right. It's, it's one thing if you can knock an enemy down and keep attacking him, that's good. But if, if he's knocked down and an attack puts him right back up again, then maybe there's some attacks that don't. And then those ones would kind of synergize better with it. Right. Yeah. There, there, there's all, all these things I don't know about how to pair attacks or, you know, even whether buffs or debuffs are worth it relative to the damage you get just from attacking. Yeah, the the I, f- I feel like like when I look at like the buffs and debuffs, it's like you know, it increases your willpower or it decreases this, and I'm just like, mm. and I can I can hover over it and it tells me what that thing does. I'm just like, this. I don't understand the stats. Like, is that good? Like, obviously, it, it's a positive to have better will, but what impact does it actually have? Yeah, or like, you know, if I'm if this attack is against his willpower, all right, does he have high willpower? Do I need to debuff his willpower first? You know, I'm just like, or reflexes and stuff like that, or deflection. I'm just like, man, there's just a lot of RPG talk in here. That's not really explained. Yeah. And I'm just like, all right, I need to like do some research. That's the best way I can describe it is like, I got to do some research on this game. I got to read the book. One of the things I've actually heard the most about the combat is focus on deflection. And he's like, okay, but I don't actually know what that means. Or even like, to me, that sounds like I would, I would I would want my wizards and such to have a deflection 
or a high deflection. You know, if there's a discre- if there's a, a discrepancy there, such that like maybe it deflects attacks away from that person onto someone that can take more hits. But I feel like it that might not even be the way it works. It might just be that the total level of deflection you have. It might be this that you having <laughs> deflection means that. You, you could turn an attack into a glancing blow, but not necessarily that it deflects it onto another character, in which case the higher everybody is, the better everybody is. Right. Or is it a little bit rock, paper, scissors where, you know, having deflection is only good against some attacks and you need to balance it out. And so maybe deflections only the best because you're likely to encounter more characters that have that, that type of attack that it, it is a resistance to. But it's not inherently better than any of the others. So right. yeah, I, I think like you said, there's there's a lot there that I feel I feel weird reading something, seeing exactly what it says, and being like, I don't get it. I don't actually <laughs> know what this means. You have explained this to me, and I still don't understand it. And so and it's I, the uh, first time. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I've got like I said, I'm going to try and figure this out. So that way, because I mean, I watched that one dude beat him in like seven seconds. I'm like, I want to do that. How do you do that? Because it's obviously not that he's over leveled because apparently it's hard to level in this game without doing quests. So I don't know. But after beating him, we go back up top and we speak to the, uh, speak to the the chair and she's like well congratulations you're now the new lord of this this keep uh might i suggest you spend some money to improve it and make people come here and visit and i'm like "Mm, do i have to do this apparently you don't um i guess it's kind of like a side quest mini game that you can do much like in like a dragon the business stuff did you do any of this not yet I was planning to but once I had this ability I only took the option to repair the bridge gotcha yeah I did too um one other thing when we we beat Mayowald we have an option we can siphon his soul and strengthen us. We can bound his soul to the keep or we can free the soul. What did you choose to do? I wasn't sure what to do here. Decided I didn't want him to disappear into the ether because maybe he's got good information for me. So I bound him to the keep and I'm hoping he does not resent me for it. Okay. I freed his soul. So maybe he will go and be reincarnated as something else. Who knows? Seems like the better thing to have done. 
I mean, I'm, it seems like the good guy thing to do. So, I'm playing the good guy. But, um, yeah. After that, we we have our next place to go. Um, how much farther did you make it, Matt? Um, I mostly just did some exploring after here. Right. I haven't actually... I don't think I've hit any next real story beats other than I got down to the bridge. Like you went around to the other bridge? No, just the first one where it says you can't cross, find another way. And so that's all I've done is I've been exploring to find another way. I gotcha. Yeah. I'm not really sure which, which way I need to go. Do I go east and around? Do I go west and around? What am I actually uh, trying go, to do? Go east and around. <laughs> That's what I did. I, I I finished Act One, which is once you cross the bridge into the main city, the big city there, that's the end of Act One. So I went down to where the broken bridge was. Uh, I did the side quest where the lady was like, "Hey, my ship wrecked, and there's a bunch of looters stealing all my stuff." And I went down there and talked to the looters. And they were like, hey, we're poor. We're just trying to find stuff to survive. And I was like, okay, just get out of here. And I let them go. And I went and told the lady, like, there's nothing left. Sorry. And then I went around, made it to the bridge, crossed the bridge into the city. And it said, end of act one. And I said, cool. And I stopped right there. I would say I'm probably six, seven hours in, maybe. About five. Okay. But yeah, that's um, that's pretty much it. I don't, I don't know how I feel about this game. I'm a little I, up in the air still. I, I think I am too. I'm enjoying the story. I'm enjoying the lore. I'm even enjoying like, you know, just uh talking to the, the NPCs and stuff like that. Um and I think it's got a decent premise. You, you you've been gifted, cursed, trying to figure out what I can do with it. Um I don't mind that. I, I feel like, uh, you know, basically, like I said, I feel like I don't have much control when it comes to combat. And I don't have enough understanding to be like, am I playing good? Am I not playing good? It's weird because you you don't really get tested that much to know if you're doing well. Because so much of what you fight are just individual spiders or a couple of spiders and... You don't need to be good to beat the spiders. You don't even need to pause it at all. You can just steamroll them, basically. Yep. That's how I've played most of this game. It's just like, choose my attacks at the very beginning of the fight, and then just let them them just do auto attack. If it's a bigger creature, maybe I'll throw out a special spell. That's about it. Maybe Maybe that works. Maybe that works throughout the entire game. I don't know. Um, 
that one boss fight I had kind of said otherwise. I'm hoping that we run into a situation where there's a boss fight and I can talk my way out of it. That's what I want to see. Let me freaking role play. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, interesting. I'm, yeah, I'm 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 intrigued by the game. I want to see where it goes. I'm not obviously I'm not giving up on it. I mean, if if I start running into a brick wall with the combat, I can lower the difficulty. I'm Fly right. normal. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, me too. I'm 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 cautiously optimistic. I'll put it that way. I've been that way with a few games we've done before. I feel the same way. I, I'm interested. I by next recording, I think I will have a better feeling on the game. Hopefully, because I've got more understanding, I've got more experience, and I've just done more, seen more, and figured things out. And either, I mean, I, I can imagine really liking it, and I can imagine not liking it. So it really could go either way so far at this point. Well, there you go. I guess time will tell. Um, if you would like to send an email, we don't have any this this week, but um, it's Drew at ztgd.com. You can also tweet to us. I am at DML Fury. Matt is at REMGS. And the podcast itself is at ZTGD Phoenix Down. That's uh, that's going to be it for us this week. I appreciate everybody listening. And uh, please, if you are playing along with us or if you've played Pillars of Eternity before, please send an email. We would love to hear from you. But until next time, I'm Drew. And I'm Matt. And we are out of here. You guys have a great week, and we'll be back next week with the continuation of Pillars of Eternity.